Good evening, everybody. My name is Jordan, and this is episode eight of Sodom and I. All right, so yesterday we spoke about uh, perseverance. Today we're going to talk about kindness. We are going to talk about kindness. And um, one of the one of the things on kindness that I read earlier was the the pool of Bethesda, I think, and it comes up in John. Where is it? I think it's John chapter eight. Let me do my. I still have it up. We're gonna go to John. That's my. That's the first one that I want to hint on. But there's another uh, website that I was just doing some research on. And it just talks about seven different examples of kindness in the Bible. And now there's, there's much more than seven examples of kindness in the Bible. But this article focuses on seven. John chapter 8. No. It's John chapter 5, verses 5 through 9. But we're going to start at verse 1. So this is the story of Jesus um, going to Jerusalem, which is, in, you know, to a pool called Bethesda. And that's where he healed um, someone. So chapter five, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. Now we're going to pause right there and we're going to look up the meaning of Bethesda. Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And now there's places. Significance of this. Uh, Alright, so basically, Bethesda in Hebrew means house of kindness. And that was something that stood out to me today because I spoke to someone at church and they told me that that's what um, I remind them of. Because, you know, I let them know what I'm doing behind my business and they know that I started this podcast because I just wanted to reach God's kingdom, you know, further than I can do just physically. And he was saying that I'm a very hands-on person and that's how I like to, I guess, evangelize to people. And that made me feel really nice. So I searched up Bethesda and lo and behold, it means house of kindness. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to, uh, you know, talk about on the podcast today or tomorrow? Because I asked this yesterday and he said kindness. So I just went through a couple of things with kindness, but let's continue. Verse three, chapter five of John. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever 
then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, he knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked, and on the same day was the Sabbath. And I, that's a really good example of kindness, because Jesus didn't have to show anybody any kindness, ever. But he always did. You know, and he uh, he had compassion for this man. So that was just the first story that I wanted to get into. But we're looking at seven Bible stories about kindness. Now, the first one is Abraham shows hospitality to three to three strangers. Genesis chapter 18. All right. Going through my handy dandy Bible. This is funny because on the first uh first episode of this podcast, I read Genesis chapter nineteen, <laughs> which is you know the 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 fire that came down on Sodom and Gomorrah. This is essentially leading up to it. So we're gonna read Genesis chapter eighteen verses one through eight. And this is Abraham showing hospitality to three strangers. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, now, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched, and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort ye your hearts. After that, ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant. And they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah, and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran unto the herd, and fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk in the calf which he had dressed, and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. And now I'm going to scroll up on this page. And I like this because it kind of gives uh, gives more background on just kindness. And the meaning of kindness in the Bible. As we begin, let me give you the dictionary definition of kindness. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines it 
as a quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Now let's head over to the biblical meaning. The word kindness and its variations is mentioned many times in the Bible. It's an important concept in Christianity, and it has a variety of meanings. The most basic definition of kindness is being good and doing no harm. This includes being friendly, helpful, and considerate to others. Kindness also refers to how you treat yourself. Are you, genting, are you gentle and loving to yourself? This is an important question to consider because how you treat yourself sets the tone for how you treat others. When we are kind, we extend grace and mercy to others. We also show patience, forgiveness, and compassion. It's not always easy to be kind, but it is always worth it. Being kind will never lead you astray, even when it might feel like it, that I will add. When we are kind, we glorify God and reflect His character. We also benefit from the positive effects of kindness, such as improved mental and physical health, stronger relationships, and a more fulfilling life. It's also essential to distinguish biblical kindness from the secular definition of kindness. When you're in traffic, you'll likely see a bumper sticker that says, spread kindness and cheer, or be kind. It's something that has been marketed a lot. However, there is a distinction. Biblical kindness is about doing what is right, even when it's hard. It's about going the extra mile and being there for people no matter what. Biblical kindness is always rooted in love. Secular kindness is often based on tolerance. It's being nice to people regardless of how you feel about them. It's more of a facade than anything else. And now when I first read this, I was like, doing what's, what's the difference between doing what's right even when it's hard and being nice to people regardless of how you feel about them? But the, the biblical kindness is always rooted in love. And when, when they when they said that with the love versus tolerance, I was like, ah, yeah, that that's true. Because sometimes you don't really want to. When I, well, when I say it like that, it kind of makes it sound like the same thing. But I'm sure you can hear the difference in rooted in love and based on tolerance. That's two completely different energies, right? When we are kind. We imitate God's character. Not only does he command us to be kind, but he also shows us what genuine kindness looks like. When we reflect his image through acts of kindness, we benefit not only others, but also ourselves. Here are some benefits of being kind from a biblical perspective. When we show kindness through love, we show that we are disciples of Christ. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. The next one. Kindness is an extension of Christ's forgiveness. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another. 
forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you which is Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 and 32 kindness heals relationships a gentle answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger Proverbs 15 verse 1 kindness is a reflection of the heart of God but the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. And I'm going to go for, I'm going to read 22 and 23 in Galatians. So let me just try my page over there. Galatians is in the second, there we go. In the New Testament, not the Second Testament. Well, I guess that, I don't know. That's probably incorrect, me saying that. So I'm just going to say New Testament. And that was Galatians 5, 22. So we're going to be 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Mm-hmm. And then it gives, you know, some, some things that some, here are some tips for developing kindness, developing kindness as a Christian. Being kind is a choice we make every day. It's not always easy, but it's worth it. And some of the things that it says, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but smile more often, compliment, listen with your full attention, donate, volunteer your time forgive others that's probably one of the hardest one on here be kind even when it's difficult other than that one think before you speak self-care self-care is important and then drive through difference Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so now the seven bible stories we just talked about abraham and number two is rahab hides israelite spies so we're going to go into that story. That one is in Joshua chapter 24, verse verses 17 through 19. And now this says 24, but it's actually Joshua chapter 2, verses 17 through 19. So I'm glad I was actually going through this and uh, researching stuff. I'm going to go to page 138. Yeah, it's actually uh, Joshua 2, which is... Because I went to verse to chapter 24 and 17 through 19. I was like, uh, this isn't really correlating with the story. But we're going to start at verse 1 and go to verse 14. So, in Joshua, the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go and view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. I'm going to finish highlighting that. And lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house. For they come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them 
and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan and to the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came unto them on the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you, when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father, and my mother, and my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. When you're kind, man, you will be rewarded. And they said, uh, I'm going to go ahead and read the paragraph. Rahab was considered a prostitute, but she showed great kindness when she helped the Israelite spies. She hid them and even lied to the authorities about what happened. This story is an example of how God rewards those who are kind to others. Despite her past, Rahab was forgiven and given a place in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And then number three, David's sparing Mephibosheth. I'm so mad, I really said this. Mephibosheth's life. Mephibosheth's. And that is 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 7. 2 Samuel chapter 21. Mm-hmm. Mephibosheth. I was like, ooh, I'm going to say this like 10 times. That way I don't mess it up on the podcast. And I still mess it up on the podcast. <laughs> That's all right. 21, 21. All right. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan and the son of Saul, because of the Lord's oath that was between them, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. All right. So it doesn't really make sense in this paragraph because it references Samuel chapter 9, 
after it references Samuel chapter 21. So we're going to go back to 9. And I should have read that one first because it didn't make any sense that they did it backwards. Because I was like, how are you going to reference something older after something newer, you know? But hey, I'm just reading the articles. Just give me my information. We're going to read chapter 9, verse 1 through 7. And David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? I feel like that's Ziba. I'm going to say Ziba. Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not any one of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machir, the son of Amiel in Lo-Debar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Okay. And now reading the paragraph on the website, King David spared Mephibosheth, the son of his friend Jonathan, from being killed. When David told him the news, Mephibosheth fell on his face in shock and grief. But David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father Jonathan, and I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father, and you shall eat at my table always. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 7 This story is a beautiful example of David's character. All right, and then number four, Jesus healing the sick and feeding the hungry. Matthew chapter 14, verses 14 through 21. So we're going to go there. All right. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. This is a dessert place. Good job. <laughs> and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes. And looking up to heaven, he blessed and brake and gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples to the multitude. 
And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained twelve baskets full. And they that had eaten were about five thousand men, beside women and children. That, that's a lot of people, bruh. That's a lot of people from uh five loaves and the two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes. He did this more than once with different numbers, but I do know, I do remember five loaves, two fishes. Let me take a little sip. My brisk tea. In this story, Jesus is known to be healing the sick and feeding the hungry. This is an example of kindness as it shows the compassion for others. It also demonstrates that being kind can have a positive impact on those around you. Awesome. The Good Samaritan Helping a Stranger in Need. Luke chapter 10 verses 25 to 37. Luke, not too far from here. Chapter 10. Mm -hmm. All right. 25 to 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? Readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord, the God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. So I'm just going to go ahead and highlight. I'm highlighting this uh, entire passage in pink because I thought, what better color to represent love and kindness? So now this one is going to be pink. We're expanding from our orange and blue. God wants us to grow. So we are just going to expand. Mm -hmm. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among the thieves which had stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a, Le a Levite, when he was at the place, came down and looked on him, and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again I will repay thee. 
Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. That was a nice one. I like Luke. Luke is pretty cool. I like the, the feel for Luke as well. All right, number six. Zacchaeus gave half of his possessions to the poor. And this is Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Oh, I didn't read the uh, the blurb for number five. In this story, a man was robbed and left for dead. A priest and a Levite walked by him, but did not stop to help. Right? A priest and a Levite, or Levite, walked by him and did not help. Like, even a priest? Come on now. A Samaritan, however, stopped to help the man. He bandaged his wounds and brought him to an inn where he could recover. The Samaritan paid for the innkeeper to take care of the man. This story teaches us that we should help others, even if they are strangers. We should also be willing to go out of our way to help others. We should show compassion and mercy, even to those who do not deserve it. And I could actually give a testimony on that before I continue. When I went to Aveda, um, on my I had just clocked out for lunch. And when I walked outside, I saw this man walking around. And he was very clearly looking to try and speak to someone. So at first, you know, I got a little nervous. But then, um, you know, it kind of felt like God said, peace be still. And I felt my anxiety calm down. And something told me to walk towards the man. So, you know, he was basically standing by my car. So I had no other choice. <laughs> and then he asked if I had any money to help him get a bus ticket so he could get to and from work. He doesn't need the money for anything else. He's just trying to make sure that he secures, you know, a way to travel for his job. And I didn't have any money, so I told him I would go back in and ask around and see if I could gather up $16 for him. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to help to, you know, find anyone, but I came back outside and I told him, right? So we sat down and he showed me his phone and we were trying to set up Cash App because I was going to, like, do a... I think, I think it was like an Albert thing where I could get paid early and then pay it back later. So I was going to do that for him and try and see if I could get the $16. And in the process of setting up his cash app, we saw that on his phone, he had $50 sitting around in his pocket. And he literally had no idea because he didn't know how to work the phone, but he wouldn't have found out if he, you know, if I didn't take the time to help him. So we did that. Now it's like, we could go and get you like a bus pass. If you cash out that, what's in there to me, I we can stop off at CVS and get cash back for free. And then we ended up doing that. And then I took him all the way. It was like down in West Tennessee Street. If you're from Tallahassee, this was, we originated in uh, on West Pensacola Street next to where the Aldi's is. And I took him, I drove him over, and this was on my lunch break, so I wasn't late getting back to school at all. I brought him to the bus station that's on West Tennessee. And he went in, he came back out, and I drove him back to the McDonald's that was on uh, West Pensacola Street in the same plaza as the Aldi's and the Aveda. 
And he was like, thank you so much. You're, you know, this was very kind of you because I didn't know how I was going to get to work. And I, um, you know, just, I was like, you know, I had the ability to help you. So I just, you know, I, I had the time I said, why not? So that, you know, it was a great thing to help someone that I didn't know. And his name was Mr. Frederick. And he, um, you know, he was like, whenever you feel like you want to talk to somebody, you can text my phone. And he gave me his phone number and whatnot. And I might shoot him a text just to see how he's doing. And I think I, I did a while back, but, you know, it doesn't hurt to do it again. But yeah, man, help people even when you don't know them, because that might just be the thing that God is trying to use to help them, you know. Uh, all right, number six, gave his position to the to the poor. We're on Luke 19, 1 through 10. All right. And Jesus entered... And passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because of, or because he was little of stature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he ran before and climbed up into a, syca a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying, that he was gone to be guest with the man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man is to come to seek and to save that which was lost. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Zacchaeus was a rich man who had become very greedy. He was not kind to others and only cared about himself. However, after meeting Jesus, he changed his ways and became a generous and kind person. He gave half of his possessions to the poor, which showed him how much he had changed. In Zacchaeus' story, there is a great example of how kindness can change a person for the better. And then number seven, the woman who poured perfume on Jesus' feet, Matthew 26. Chapter 6 through 13. Chapter 6 through 13. 26. Um, this is verse 24. Alright, 6 through 13. Mm -hmm. Alright. 
Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. But when his disciples saw it, they had an, an indignation, saying, To what purpose? Indignation. Saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she hath poured this ointment on my body, and she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, Wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for, for a memorial of her. Mm -hmm. Amen. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box. Ah, I wish it would have said her name. That would have been great. I would love to know who this woman was. But, ah, you know, all glory goes to God. And that's why she did it. Because she definitely was directed to, you know. All right. And then after that, it talks about short, short uh, Bible verses about kindness. Kindness is a virtue that's praised throughout the Bible. Here are some verse examples. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. 2 mm -mm -mm. Corinthians, Galatians... And Ephesians, there we go. Ephesians is right after Galatians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And then the it says this verse reminds us that our words have the power to harm or help others, which is true. And then be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. This verse tells us that we should imitate God's example and forgive others. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Mm -hmm. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked and this is Luke chapter 6 verse uh, 35 which I am going to right now I do want to highlight this one in pink if I haven't already mm -hmm. chapter 6 verse 35 here we go Love your enemies and do good. I know how hard it is, guys. It is so difficult to want to do good to someone 
who did not do good to you. But you know what? Think about how Jesus felt when he died for all the people that actually killed him. Or when he's dying to save their descendants and stuff like that. And their entire families. And giving them an opportunity to, to have salvation through him. A lot of us probably wouldn't even give our enemies that that option. We would probably if we had if we had the choice, we'd probably be like, you know what, you and your bloodline can uh, stay where you are, you know. But Jesus wasn't like that. This verse tells us that being kind to our enemies is a sure way to emulate God. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to act. Wow, that's crazy. I, I actually just gave <laughs> I just gave an example about that. Wow. Proverbs chapter 3, verse uh 27. Let's go to Proverbs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chapter 3. Verse 27. Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, and when is in the power of thine hand to do it. Mm-hmm. Get to highlight that one. This verse reminds us that we should always do what we can to help others, especially if they are in need. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, or goodness, faithfulness, Galatians chapter 22, or chapter 5, verse 22, which we already read. This verse tells us that kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. As Christians, we should strive to have the Spirit's qualities in our lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guys, you know, if find ways to be kindness to people. You know, as I wrap up, I encourage you to look for better ways to be kinder. Not just to others, but also yourself. Don't forget how you how you treat yourself is kind of the basis of how you'll treat other people. You know, you can't hate yourself and love everyone else. You can think you do, but you that's not that's not the true that's not the real case. You got to be real with yourself, you know. It's often said that the best way to change someone else's view is by changing how we interact with them. When we are kind and loving, it opens up the door for others to do the same. And as we all know, a little kindness can go a long way. This was a really good post, you know, and it it just opens your eyes more about being kind, you know, and I'm going to scroll back up and talk about the difference between the biblical, uh, you know, and secular meanings of kindness. Biblical kindness is always rooted in love. Secular kindness is often based on tolerance. That's a pretty big difference because if you're tolerance, if you don't have a high tolerance, uh, you know, with your emotions or getting annoyed or things of that nature, 
you're not going to be, you're not going to be very kind very often. But biblical kindness is always rooted in love. God wants us to be loving in every aspect, whenever we have the opportunity to. So it doesn't matter what our tolerance is when it comes to loving people. Because, you, you, you know, love shouldn't necessarily have a tolerance. And that's why we have to work on changing and rewiring our brains and changing our belief system. You know? But... I'm glad you guys stuck around and listened to this episode of Sodom and I. I actually really like this one because being kind is a part of my belief system. I like being kind to others, whether they feel like they deserve it or not. You never know how your kindness will affect someone else. So always be kind, guys. Spread God's love. And love yourselves. Take care of yourselves. I love you guys. Have a blessed night. Mwah.